When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the John Clay Podcast. I'm John Clay, sports columnist with the Lake Scenario Leader and Kentucky.com. It is Monday, February the 6th, 2023. On today's podcast, we're going to preview the Kentucky-Arkansas basketball game Tuesday night. It's a 9 o'clock start on ESPN. My guest on today's podcast is Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, who's covered Arkansas basketball for a long time. He's the expert on the Razorbacks. We talked to him about Arkansas's four-game winning streak in the SEC. They survived with a 65-63 win at South Carolina on Saturday. Eric Musselman's team comes into comes into Rupp Arena with a 16 and 7 record, the same record that Kentucky has. Kentucky is 7 and 3 in the SEC. Arkansas is 5 and 5 in the conference. Uh, Kentucky with their 72-67 win over Florida on Saturday night. A good win for the Cats against a improving Florida team. Florida came into the game eighth in the nation according in adjusted defensive efficiency, according to Ken Pomeroy. The Gators closed late in the game, uh, but Kentucky got some big plays from Kaysen Wallace, the freshman who finished with 20 points. They survived on a night when Oscar Shibway was 2 of 14 from the field, although Oscar did have 15 rebounds. They got a double-double from Jake Jacob Toppin with 17 points and 10 rebounds. And another positive sign, C.J. Frederick, who'd been in such a shooting slump of late, broke out, uh, hit some shots, ended up with 12 points. And, uh, you know, C.J. can contribute in other ways on the floor. He's a good, heady player, a good passer, uh, but they really need for C.J. to hit his shots, and he came through the other night on Saturday. He said that shooting slumps now that he's an older player don't bother him as much as they did when he was younger, but you know that C.J. had to be happy to see the ball go through the net on Saturday. Kentucky also survived on a night when they didn't get much scoring out of Antonio Reeves, who had been so consistent. I think Antonio finished with four points. He'd been so consistent, had a long string of double-figure games, and really been their most consistent scorer over the last few games. He just didn't have it the other night against Florida. Damian Collins also uh, gave a significant contribution in the game, hit some big free throws, made some uh, uh, made some nice plays. He didn't play very very long, but I think Damian will continue to be a factor down the stretch for Kentucky, only um, uh, as we have just a few more games left in the conference. Uh, like I said, Kentucky is 7-3. and three. They have eight conference games remaining. Arkansas will be a tough challenge. The Razorbacks under Eric Musselman, they've had some injuries, uh, and we talked to Bob Hold about that. Before we get to my conversation with Bob, though, a couple of reminders. You can follow me on Twitter at John Clay IV. That's my Twitter handle. You can find me online at Kentucky.com. Check out my sidelines blog as well. If you want to, uh, I encourage you to get a digital subscription to Kentucky.com by going to Kentucky.com, hitting on the subscription tab. You could also get a print subscription to the Lexington Herald Leader. You can find out how to do that on Kentucky.com as well. We really do appreciate everybody who supports our work at the Lexington Herald Leader and Kentucky.com. I appreciate everybody who supports the podcast, which you can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, and iHeartRadio Podcasts. Leave us a rating and review. That really helps us out. Helps just get 
get the word out, more exposure for the podcast. We really appreciate everybody who listens and supports the podcast. Okay, let's get to my interview with Bob Holt. Then after we uh, talk to Bob Holt, you'll hear from Orlando Antigua, UK assistant coach who had a press conference earlier today, earlier on Monday, to talk about the Razorbacks and how he feels like Kentucky is playing uh, right now going into Tuesday's game. But first, it's Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Okay, my guest now on the on the podcast is Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, longtime Arkansas beat writer, both football and basketball, but especially basketball. How's it going, Bob? It's going well, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, Arkansas and Kentucky, late night game, 9 o'clock, Rupp Arena on Tuesday night. Uh, what about this Arkansas team, Bob? I know they've got off to a slow start in conference play, but they seem to they've started piling up some wins. How are they playing right now? Well, they're playing better, and being at home has helped a lot. They start off one and five in the conference. Um, they lost some tough games on the road. Lost by three at LSU. Lost by three at Missouri. Obviously, Baylor doesn't count the conference. They lost by three at Baylor. They had three point shots at the end to win all those games. Blew a big lead at Vandy, but then they got some home cooking against some of the teams struggling. Like they, 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 they've coming into this game Tuesday night. They've won four straight SEC games. They beat. Uh, Ole Miss, LSU, A&M at home, and then um, they won at South Carolina, and there was a struggle. They won 65-63 for once. A three-point shot went their way. South Carolina missed a three-pointer at the buzzer. And uh, so they're coming in with some – on a bit of a roll. Uh, you know, neither Arkansas nor Kentucky. I think they were picked one-two in the in the preseason, poll, Kentucky and Arkansas, and neither has lived up to that expectation. But – um, but Arkansas is playing better. They've had some injury issues. Nick Smith, their uh, highly touted freshman, he was preseason the first team all-conference. If you look at the mock drafts, he's pretty much a top 10 pick, top 5 pick in some mock drafts, uh, Six five guard from North Little Rock. He's, he's only played in five games this year because of a knee injury. You know, they call, they're calling it knee management. They're being pretty vague about it. But he hadn't played like in the last 11 games, and he won't be playing Tuesday. Then Trevor Brazell, if people remember him at Missouri last year, he was really coming on late in the year, big 6'10 kid, rim protector, good three-point shooter. I think he was playing his way into being a high draft pick, and he tore his ACL in the ninth game, so he's done for the year. So they're missing two key players, but they still have a lot of talent. they got Anthony Black, who's a projected lottery pick, 6'7 point guard. I think he's been their best all-around player. He, you know, he scores, he rebounds, he assists. He's a pretty good defensive player. And then Ricky Council, their leading scorer, averaging 17 points. He's a 6'6 wing transfer from, from Wichita State, playing really well. Davante Devo Davis, folks may remember him from helping Arkansas win it up two years ago. He's a junior now. He's a really good defensive player. A 6'4 kid, he's been taken like he guarded uh, you know, Brandon Miller and, and G.G. Jackson, two 6'9 players, and, and kept them under their scoring averages. And um, he can guard guards, too. And, and he's really come on scoring-wise for him. He's averaging about 16 points the last eight games. He's knocking down threes. They've got another McDonald's All-American, Jordan Walsh. So they signed three McDonald's All-Americans. They've got two of them right now. And uh, then they got these two big twins, uh, the Mitchell twins, McKell and Makai Mitchell from uh, Rhode Island, 6'9", 6'10". I guess they're twins, but one of them's one inch taller for some reason. They're, they're good defensive players from score inside than Jalen Graham. A transfer from Arizona State, 6'9", has been playing real well on offense. Had 16 in South Carolina, but he, he doesn't play a ton of minutes because he struggles with turnovers and defense. But So they, they do have some weapons, even without two really key players, and, and they're playing better. 
I know what uh, you mentioned about the expectations and about the uh, uh, you know and the injuries that have hurt them. Uh, is that was that the main factor that they haven't lived up to expectations or got off to that one in five start, or were there other things going on as well? Well, I guess a big part of it because, like I say, Nick Smith, he's he's a lottery pick, right. and you know, I think whatever happens. And Trevor Brazil, um, he was a really unique player. You know, Eric Musselman, after he went down, called him. He thought he was one of the five best players in the SEC. He just like I say, just a unique guy for a six ten player. Um, not say he's as good as Brandon Miller, but you know, big kid that could shoot and rim protect and run the floor pretty well. He had a lot of highlight dunks. If you Google him, you'll see some highlight dunks. Ricky Council is a really good dunker, by the way. He had the number one sports center dunk the other night against A&M on a fast break. But I do think the injuries, because what happened was they didn't have Smith for the first six games, and then they got him back. So they're kind of trying to figure things out with him in the lineup, and then they lose Brazil. I think they only had one game all year where Brazil and Smith – and everybody was, quote, healthy. And then in that game against North Carolina, uh, Greensboro, Brazil got hurt. And then so and then Smith had, you know, he only played six minutes coming back, and then he had three straight games where he scored real well, averaged about 20 points, had 21 when they beat Oklahoma on a neutral floor, and we saw what Oklahoma could do to Alabama, even though they've been up and down. And so, okay, they're figuring things out with, with Nick Smith back, and then he has to take himself out against Bradley, and he hadn't been back since. That was back on December 17th. So I think it's been sort of, you know, one step forward, one step back. You know, it's been hard when, when you when you guy you think is going to be your best player is in and out of the lineup. And now he's been out about for quite a while. And really nobody knows if and when he's going to come back, I don't think. Eric Musselman has basically been saying there's no update. He, he, has, uh, he went out to California to see a specialist. And he's been back and on the bench and stuff. But so I think that has had a lot to do with it. And then they've also had trouble finishing games. You know, they had... A ten point lead in Vanderbilt at loss. They had a ten point lead. This all in the second half. They had a ten point lead at Missouri and loss. They had an eight point lead early in the second half in Baylor at loss. They had a thirteen point lead the other day at South Carolina and Carolina actually came back lead and give Arkansas credit for not panicking and and sort of regrouping and winning that game. That was just a must win. I mean, they could not lose to South Carolina. Right. And of course, I know they came in up and won, but they, everybody knows they haven't won since then. And so, and somehow they beat Clemson. I'm not sure how that happened either. <laughs> South Carolina's kind right. of a hard team. Probably. But yeah, I think the injuries and trying to figure out roles for everybody has been a challenge for Eric Musselman and the staff. But they have played the same seven guys. You know, Eric usually shrinks up his his, uh, his rotation as the season goes on. And they've played the same seven guys the, the last two games. Now, I don't know if that means they're going to play those same seven guys this game uh, at, at Kentucky. They might expand the bench a little bit. Uh, they do have a guard, Joseph Pena, a freshman guard who scored 13 points when they beat Missouri, and I think it was uh, Ole Miss. So he's a guy that can come off and shoot uh, if they need a shooter. But basically they've done with their starting lineup, and then they brought Graham. and Jordan, They've been bringing Jordan Walsh off the bench where he's playing starter minutes. So um, I think as they're, you know, Arkansas is 14-1 in February, the last – two seasons plus this one obviously they beat South Carolina so Eric Musselman's got a track record of figuring things out as the season goes on of course the schedule has a lot to do with that who they're playing but um you know I, I do think they're playing better now and and getting some things figured out with their rotation uh, I noticed in Ken Palm uh Arkansas I think is uh they're 27 overall but they're 13th on defense has that pretty much been the strength of the team yeah, they they play good defense. Uh, they held Baylor to a season low thirty three point nine percent. But Baylor shot a lot of free throws. You know, life on the road. 
right. and they held uh, LSU. They, they held uh, LSU. They held A and M to thirty some percent, and they held down um, South Carolina thirty percent in the first half. And then Carolina got hot in the second half. People probably remember I guess Mechie Johnson didn't he have twenty six in Kentucky? He he heated up. He had five threes in the second half. I think his range. Like Eric said, his range surprised Arkansas. There were some places out there that weren't in his face, and he was knocking them down. So yeah, they and they play strictly man to man. I mean, they I don't know they play zone once a year or something. <laughs> it's just for the heck of it. But they're basically a man to man team, and they play uh, you know pretty pretty good job, and they fight through screens. Um, the one thing they have had a tendency to do, especially on the road, is get called for too many fouls. I could, when they lost to Missouri, they were called for 30, I believe it was 33 fouls. And Missouri was called for 23. That was a non-regulate, that was a non-overtime game. They went two hours and 40 minutes. So let's hope that doesn't happen Tuesday night. Yeah. I think we're both too old to stay up that late. Right. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, yeah, they, they are a good man-to-man defensive team, but, but, but sometimes they get called for too many fouls. So that's something they're going to have to adjust the efficiency on the road and, and try to limit that. You know, they can't afford to put Kentucky on the line, you know, 30, 30 times or whatever. Yeah, and Kentucky, they've been a bad free-throw shooting team, but they've shot free-throws better here lately. They were 11-13 the other night uh, in the win over Florida. Uh, Bob, going into this game, if you look at the NCAA net rankings, Arkansas's 29th, Kentucky's 31st. Arkansas's 1-5 against quad one teams. Kentucky's 1-6. I think Lunardi has both these teams, or he did on Friday, as 11 seeds in the NCAA term, but he had Kentucky in the first four. This is kind of a bubble game, don't you think, for both teams? And and what does what are the keys for Arkansas to come into Rupp and win on Tuesday night? Well, yeah, I think it is a huge. It'd be a huge game for Arkansas to get on the road. I think Kentucky, since they're at home, probably need it more. And the coach Kentucky has to come to Fayetteville at the end of the year, right? The very last regular season game. But yeah, I think, like I said, Arkansas has got to come in. And they've got to. They've got to, you know, play good defense. They've got to keep, you know, Oscar Shebae from just going crazy. I saw he had four the other night. But I can't count on that happening again. And Arkansas, one thing they do have, they do have better size. Like I mentioned with, with, with the Mitchell twins and Kamani Johnson. So I'm not saying they want to go foul Oscar, you know, 50 times. But they do have some some size to battle with him in there. But I think they have to keep him from going crazy. they got to limit the three-point shots. Um you know, play good defense without fouling too much, and then and and you know, it would help a lot if they could get some turnovers in the open floor and turn those into points. That was something they did really, really well in the non-conference when they start off so well. I know Kentucky's got some older guards, and they maybe not prone to turn it over. But that would really help if Arkansas could create some some uh, offense with their defense. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. How, how did I read that the win over South Carolina was their first true road win of the year? That's right. They were on five, but like I say, they've been all so close. You know, they, they they lost to Baylor. You know, those those three games by three. But you know, obviously Baylor's a great team, and Arkansas had a shot to beat them. I mean, literally a shot at the end. They ran a great play off a missed free throw, and if you watch the replay, you can see how they tipped it out to Pinion in the corner. He's a deadly three point shooter, but you know, he'd only he played like the last eighteen seconds and played a little bit in the first half. But that's tough. Tough thing to ask a freshman to nail a, a you know game time shot, but they, they they definitely put themselves in position. But they're now one and five on the road, and they beat San Diego State and Maui. That that that's their big quad one win right now. But yeah. this would just be a huge win for Arkansas, and I do think maybe they're coming they're coming in with some confidence, winning four straight conference games, and obviously Kentucky's favored. So 
Um, I mean, it'd be a big win for Arkansas, but I think they can come in playing a little bit loose. I mean, at, at South Carolina, I think you could tell as that game was getting closer. I mean, they're up 13 for your okay, South Carolina's going to fold. They don't, you know, give South Carolina credit. They fought back, took the lead. So much pressure on Arkansas. South Carolina took the lead with four minutes left, and you're thinking if you're Arkansas, oh, my God, we're going to lose. We could lose to South right. Carolina, which just would have been disastrous. Right. And, and they came back and found a way to win. So I think, you know, some fans might look and say, oh, man, they should have beating that team by 15 points like or more, like everybody else is doing. But, you know, it didn't happen, but they did pull out the win, and they'd had some really tough losses. You know, like, say, to Baylor, that would have been a huge get-to-get. So I think you have to give Arkansas credit for regroup and not panicking winning that game. And now they can kind of come in and corrupt. And to me, it's kind of like a free shot. Nobody's picking them. I don't know what the line is, but it'd be a huge win for Arkansas to get. But I think they had all the pressure on South Carolina, and they managed to pull it out under very tough circumstances. And now they can come and interrupt, kind of, to me anyway, and say, okay, well, let's see what we can do against Kentucky. I think it's kind of a free shot for Arkansas. Yeah, well, it's obviously a big game for both teams. Like I said, it's a 9 o'clock start on ESPN on Tuesday night there at Rupp Arena. Bob, remind the listeners how they can check you out on Twitter and how they can find your work online uh, leading up to, during, and after the game. Well, I think, you know, it's funny. It's like you never know your own phone number. I think my Twitter (laughs) is is at at Bob Holt, A-D-G, stands for Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and then we have three different uh, websites. I guess just, you know, we have ArkansasOnline.com. That's our Little Rock website. And then we have uh, NWAOnline.com. That's our Northwest Arkansas edition website. And then WholeHogSports.com. That's really everything Razorback from football to basketball to any, really any sport Arkansas has. That's, you know, baseball's starting up. That's a big deal here. At Arkansas, and so yeah, all Arkansas sports you can find at wholehogsports.com. My stuff and really anything anybody else writes about Arkansas sports. But Bob Holt is the guy that you should read on Arkansas. And Bob, I just checked you are right on Twitter. It is Bob Holt ADG. Uh, Bob's been doing a long, been doing a great job for a long time covering Arkansas sports. He is definitely the man to go to for the Razorbacks. Bob, always great talking to you. I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Okay, it was fun catching up. Okay, thanks as always to Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. And after the break, you'll hear from Orlando Antigua, UK assistant coach, who talked to the media this morning as Kentucky prepares to play Arkansas. Any questions? Yes. Coach of Arkansas have the 500 record in conference play and equal to your record in the regular season. They're expecting a really tough challenge. What do you expect? Uh, expecting a tough challenge. They've. Uh, They've won four in a row in conference. Um, they've got a really talented team, um, three of the best guards in the league, and uh, they're going to be well prepared. They've got a great coach and Coach Musselman. And, uh, you know, we know that games in conference right now, at this point of the season in February, they're all hard. And so, you know, we, we need to be at our best. and. I think we've, we're, we're playing at a great pace and great rhythm right now and want to continue that. The closer you get to March, the tougher it gets. Yes, that's usually how it is, and that's, uh, you know, that's when you want to be playing your best. Um, at this point, you, you want to be starting to get your, get your legs really under you and, and, and playing in a nice rhythm. When the season starts or before the season starts, coaches tend to have mile markers of where they expect to be at certain points in the season. Um, I think we're, we're, we're heading the way we want to be playing. I think uh, it's evident in terms of how we're defending. Um, 
you know, how quickly we're playing, changing ends, and trying to take advantage of our opportunities when they're present, when they present themselves. <clears throat> uh, Rick Council for them, second in the SEC scoring. Just what challenges does he present? It's a tough matchup. Like I said, those three guards are, you know, they're playing 30-plus minutes a game, and they all bring their own uh, talents and abilities to the table. Ricky Council is certainly one of those guys that, on any given night, can, can go off at 30. Um, you know, we, we have a great challenge in terms of trying to contain him, and, and Devontae Davis has been playing ridiculously hit in, the, in those last four games, as well as Anthony Black. With Anthony Black, what makes him such a unique matchup, I guess? Six, seven point guard, 200-pound <laughs> guard that can really pass the ball, um, has a great feel for the game, and um, you know they, they put him in position so he can have success. Case and Wallace, how have you seen him maybe evolve from a leadership standpoint from, you know, back in the fall to, to right now, especially from a, a verbal kind of vocal aspect? He's, um, early on in the season, he, would, he, wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't say a lot. He would just listen like good leaders do. And um, as he's gotten more comfortable in terms of his own role on the team, being able to communicate and um, talk with their teammates and, and um, share his leadership has been something that this team has needed. And he's stepping up and he's maturing and, and that's part of his growth. Is that kind of natural for, uh, I mean, obviously some of the early Cal teams when, when you were here, it, it was a lot of freshmen. Mm -hmm. uh, is it kind of natural for a guy to come in as a freshman and look at all these older guys who have been playing college basketball before and maybe defer, as you said, listen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, that's That's normal for... Freshmen, and particularly when you have a lot of upperclassmen, um, which we do, and so, but his his voice is needed as well, and and it's uh, impactful and important. Well, Coach Golden said that after the game, watching you guys on film, he thought you'd improved in defending the pick and roll. Do you agree with that? And if so, where, where do you feel like you've improved in that area? Yeah, we. I mean, obviously, uh, part part of it is is the head. Um, at the point of focus in the pick and roll, which is at the point guard and, and at the five man. And both of those guys uh, have really improved in terms of where we want to be at in our pickup points, um, fighting over it, communicating, and, and sticking to you know our, our schemes and, and what we want to try to do when we're attacking um, the pick and rolls. So uh, still a work in progress. We still have to continue to get better, but we've, we've, we've gotten better. Coach, can I back up to Saturday's game? You had three guys come off the bench and played really well for you guys. Mm -hmm. Boy, you started, especially Austin Seaway, not particularly putting up the numbers that were accustomed mm -hmm. to seeing. He, he did have 15 rebounds. Yeah. But he didn't, <laughs> well, I, 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 <laughs> yeah, and we still managed to score, you know, 70 plus points. Um, I think it was, it, it's a testament to the team when, you know, two of your starters, uh, well, two of your main leading scorers, don't reach their averages, but it gives an opportunity for other guys to step up. And, uh, you know, obviously it was great to see CJ play the way he did. Uh, you know, guys that came off the bench, Chris, and, and I mean, Chris played unbelievable, but Damian coming off the bench uh, gave us a lot of great minutes, a lot of energy. So I thought, you know, I thought as a team collectively, it's, we showed what we needed to show to try to get the win.
I mean, you feel like there might be more consistency, but you guys going off the bench, are you satisfied with the consistency you get? Uh, I think we got to continue to stay consistent. You know, it's still still a long season yet, um, and and we want to continue to play the way we've demonstrated that we can play to meet our to play to our capacity, and we're getting there. Physically, where do you feel like you all made the biggest strides, and where do you feel like there's an improvement is needed? Uh, physically, yep. I think. Um, I think as the season has gone on, we've gotten into a great rhythm in terms of what we determine we need to do for this team in terms of controlling the glass, not only when Oscar's not re- rebounding the ball, but when other uh, other teammates have to step in and rebound. Um, oftentimes, he's getting double teamed and triple teamed, and teams are sending three and four guys to the glass, so um, there's opportunities for other guys to be physical. Uh, be physical in terms of our tags in our pick and roll defense and being in um, and those kind of things. What kind of challenge is that for for young guys in particular to get to, to you know, where they're more finesse and try to emphasize being more physical, more aggressive? It's part of playing in the SEC. So, you know, we, we talk about it from the beginning of the year. Um, that's the great part of some of the non-conference games that we play. Those are high-level games that you have to kind of uh, be physical in, and, and by the time you get into February, you you want to be you want to see the growth uh, in your team in terms of those areas, and and we're doing those things. Jay, as this team has improved, what do you think has been key in putting the switch for him as he continues to play better and better as the season goes on? I didn't hear the first part of your question. Jay, as the team's improved lately, just what do you think? What have you seen out of him as the team? You know what, uh, Damian's coming in and, and giving us uh, great energy. Lively body, quick hands, um, his athleticism, and and just his presence um, in the minutes that he gets a chance to play has been great for our team. Obviously, understanding everything that he's been through this year, so I think that's been really uplifting for for Damian and has been for for our team as well. You know, Chris Paul, Rackets, and Cruz in the ACC basketball. How you feel? Do you feel that CJ is trying to settle into consistent role? Yeah, CJ is CJ's great. I mean, everybody, everybody's expectation of CJ and CJ's expectation is obviously to be this knockdown shooter. But what CJ brings to our team is so much more than just being a shooter. Um, the way he moves the ball, his defensive uh, IQ, uh, his, his passing ability, um, all those things as a basketball player. He's a really, really good basketball player. And when he's making shots, he makes it makes him that much more dangerous, and obviously we all want him to be be making shots. And you know, CJ's dealt with his injuries and um, getting his rhythm and all those kind of things. And and you know, it was good to see him shoot the ball and make make some shots this last game. But he's such more valuable than just making shots for us. Well, I know you were in a Monday sweatshirt. Does that have a significance? Does that have anything to do with winning days and stacking days? Like- we just got to win today, that's all. And, and, and today is Monday. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> that's probably a good reason why she might have laid it out, so I don't forget. <laughs> no. no, 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 no. It just happened to be what I, gra- what I grabbed out of the wardrobe this morning. <laughs> think of Chris's energy to, to start the game the other night, just tipping balls. It seemed like he was kind of all over the place. And how much of an adjustment is that for a guy who's always been, you know, kind of the guy on his team to come in and find a role? Um, 
that was huge for our team. He kept a lot of those 50-50 balls that wind up going our way, he was in the middle of. He was involved with. He was the first to the floor. And that just sets a tone, and particularly in the first minutes of the game. It just sets a tone in terms of how we want to play. And some of that stuff doesn't get into the stat sheet, but when we sit and we watch the film, we understand how valuable that is to our team. And it has to continue, and he can't be the only one that is doing that. But that becomes contagious, because now he's diving, now Jacob is diving, now Severe is diving, now Kaysen is diving. Now we got to get Oscar to dive. With Jacob, he's gotten three double-doubles in the last six games. <laughs> Was there any uh, added you know, importance of him grabbing more boards, helping out Oscar in that Yeah, absolutely. Jacob is... Um, He's such a good player, and he's got so many levels to his game that we need all levels of his game to be on point. Um, he's playing a lot of minutes, so he's got to mix it up. He's got to continue to rebound. He's got to continue to produce and attack uh, the basket. Um, and then we're asking a lot of him to defend a lot of times some really good players. So um, I just think he's finally falling into a great rhythm in terms of what is expected of him and what he's capable of. And he's capable of so much more. Coach, do you have any, any anecdotal stories you can tell us about Eric Musselman as a coach or as an individual? Um, no, I just know he's a, he's a coach's coach, man. He's been in the industry, obviously, for a lot of years. Uh, does a great job. You know, um, got a lot of respect for him. Um, we both had the chance to, uh, to coach in the FIBA uh, tournaments in the, in, the, in the past and uh, just got a lot of respect and a lot of admiration for him and the staff. When you're saying the state of power, how is he different now than what he He is as, uh, as determined and as passionate about winning and about our kids as he's ever been. So in that regard, no. Um, you know, it's, it's just, uh, and that's, that's refreshing to continue to see, you know. You're at any place for a long period of time and you feel like, yeah, you've accomplished so much. And nah, he still is, is hungry and is driven and is passionate about uh, the young men that we get a chance to help impact each day as he's ever been. Okay, that'll do it for this edition of the John Clay Podcast. My thanks to Bob Holt of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. My thanks to everybody for listening. Remember, it's a 9 o'clock game, Arkansas and Kentucky at Up Arena. ESPN has the television coverage. Be sure and check my sidelines blog for live updates and my three takeaways after the game. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you next time on the John Clay Podcast.